Welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight from a car somewhere in Southern California is my co-host, Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling after this win? Oh my gosh. Um, this is easily the most insane game that I've attended um, in the last three years. I mean, I, it, there's there's literally very few words to be able to perfectly describe what what you know what we experienced tonight. Um, you know, obviously we were in a hole chasing goals. Uh, Leon seemed adamant about just just killing the game and the momentum as much as possible. But my gosh, this this game just got flip turned on its head. And again, it was one of those things where when when there's a landslide at the Bank of California, it keeps going. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where it just continues to reverberate and continue to go. And I'm not sure there's anything most teams can do about it. Um, and that's including when you have CONCACAF refs being CONCACAF refs on top of that as well. So I'm currently hurtling down the Highway 10 um, back to the Leonard Empire because I have to work tomorrow. But, hey, we're here. We're here for the fans. We're here for the supporters. We're here to talk about our, our beloved LAFC. Absolutely. That match was, uh, man. I mean, right from the get-go, LAFC came out firing. They looked better than last week. There's still There's still some... <laughs> Some issues that are presenting themselves, um, but they looked significantly better than they did last week. And chances chances started to come early, and it felt like we weren't going to be able to buy a goal. Brian Rodriguez had some had some bad misses. Um, a goal gets called back uh, for a phantom offside call. Uh, I initially thought it was on the rebound on Vela, and was really confused because I I saw him very clearly running from, you know, behind all the defenders to, to pick up that rebound on Diego Rossi's uh, shot off the post. And uh, turns out it was Rossi that was called offside, even though he was at least two yards onside. So um, just a, a kind of a wild game. Leon came in and, I mean, the CONCACAFing was there from the start, just doing nothing but diving and staying on the ground and you know, just do, doing anything they could to, to delay the game, even, you know, 13, 14 minutes in. So uh, it is very satisfying to see them at the end of the game have to flip the switch because they know that now they're going to be eliminated. And you see them starting to hurry up a little bit more. So uh, that's always satisfying when those uh, blank housery teams start doing that stuff a little bit too early and then get caught. Yeah, I mean, it's just it is one of just those situations where, they, it, it felt like they were playing not to lose as opposed to playing to really just put it to LAFC. Which, given you're up two goals, but man, if you get an away goal and put that thing away, I'm not sure LAFC recovers there. And so, you know, again, the their their tactical approach on you know is something that leaves something to be desired. But hey, man, I'm not complaining about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think their coach. I think their coach summed it up well. I think the quote was that I saw on Twitter was that, you know, they expected LAFC to come out and play this way. He didn't expect his team not to respond. Yeah. Right. And that, yeah. that's exactly how this game felt at times. LAFC, you know, were constantly on the front foot. Sometimes, you know, to sometimes, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Sometimes not exactly to our, to our advantage at times. Um, but at the same time, the, the way that they approached the game again was was one where again they put it all on the line they knew they knew what what task was at hand 
um, you know, again, they, they, they're definitely going to lead, you know, when you have to play all out and be on the front foot, you're going to, you're going to leave some vulnerabilities there. Obviously there's certain things that you, they are going to need to clean up as they head into the rest of the season. But again, given, given certain, you know, the way that the, how overmatched they had looked away at times in the midfield and the way that the, you know, again, they seemed very spread out and all these different things. This game was one of, was one of those things where the midfield just completely dominated, you know, this game. Um, Edward Atuesta, my mind is good to see that guy back because he, again, in, in terms of just being able to take care of the ball in the middle of the field, not give, you know, not give away balls that, you know, give away, make stupid giveaways in the middle of the park. Um, he's exactly what the doctor ordered in terms of being able to play through what Leon was trying to do. And again, because they were sitting back a little bit, because they were a little bit hesitant in terms of their attack, um, you know, they weren't really putting a ton of pressure uh, when the ball was being played up the middle of the park to him. And so again, he had all that, all the time in the world to be able to just kind of pick his head up from midfield and spot the next guy. Uh, And so again, to me, that was where, where things started and where things looked differently um, from the onset was just the way that the midfield was ever to kind of take control of things, um, you know, again, winning back balls all, you know, left and right, uh, you know, Mark Anthony Kay and Latif Bussing getting back to their roots in the press. Um, it just looked more compact. It looked like, again, they were getting to balls every single time a Leon, a midfielder picked up the ball. You had three or four guys around him at all times. Again, it was leading to them have to play through the back. Also, the one thing I want to point out is that Rossi at the nine is a game changer, mm-hmm. and and the big and to me not necessarily because of what he did on the offensive side of the ball, more from the defensive side of the ball because right. what you see sometimes with Carlos Vela and because he, a lot of times he's conserving his energy for what he needs to do on offense in terms of the heavy lifting, um, you know Messi does some of the same things at times as well in terms of taking take letting his foot off the gas when it comes to the press. When when Rossi's leading the line from from the nine, much like it was when Christian Ramirez was up top there, what it really forces that back line to do is hurry those passes out to the wing. And so while well and so when you actually have that the the, the center back or the or the keeper having to make those passes a little bit quicker, now you're getting, you know, you're getting you're allowing time for uh, Mark Anthony Kay and Latif and Atwest to get out out, out wide close down the ball, those different things. Now what ends up happening is that Blackman's, Blackman's able to just play that winger one-on-one as opposed to a lot of times what's happening is because they were getting spread out in the press, you would see either either one of the the, 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 the two eights miss, the, you know, miss on the press. Now Blackman steps up and then that space opens up in behind, you know, because mm-hmm. Blackman is needing to close down that ball because, again, you know, that's just part of his responsibility in the press, but it also left that channel wide open whenever he would have to do that. Today you saw again the the press just be be more effective from Latif and from Mark Anthony K, um, and then again with Atuesta now being that second guy to clean everything up underneath, allowing the fullbacks to just be a little bit more um, more one one track minded in terms of their decision making. You know, and again, and what and what that does is it doesn't it 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 doesn't force you know Jakovic to be on in these one on one weird one-on-one situations, you know, that we yeah. got caught in a couple times in the previous match. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with Atuesta definitely helping in the midfield. I, I feel like he was one of the guys that really slowed down the counterattacks for Leon. Um, granted, Leon was still 
dangerous multiple times. And I mean, the one that the the chance that comes to mind is when Vermeer proves to the entire world that he is most certainly right-footed and is unable to play a pass out to the wing with his left foot and tries to cut it back uh, across the grain and nearly gives up a goal. Uh, I, I feel like that may have been in the first half that that happened. But, I mean, that was a terrible, terrible giveaway from Vermeer. Um, but certainly Atuesta helps them to... Uh, to, to clean up some of the mess on, on those counterattacks when we lose the ball. Um, yeah, there's a lot there to digest. I, the one problem that I have, I still have is I'm not a big fan of the mid of the fullbacks moving into the midfield so much. I feel like LAFC is a harder time swinging the ball from side to side when building possession from the back, because you'll see Djokovic, for example, turn to his right, want to play a ball out wide and instead, Blackman's in the midfield, and so now he's forced to play a ball through, you know, a two or three man press, which if it comes off, it's good. And now the ball is into the half space, uh, like they would want it. But um, for me, I would like to see that ball come out to the wing. I think just because it's a more uh, secure pass. But uh, again, like we always yeah, say, we're I, I not some, we're not paid to I coach see, this I think team. Some of those things. Yeah, I mean, I think some of those things will come with the rotations, right? And I think we had mm. talk, talked about this previously, you know, prior to recording. And, you know, what, what I saw in that same situation was sometimes on that underlap when he gets, you know, when, when the wings stay out wide, so Bella gets the ball out at really uh, pretty out far wide, you know, I think I think what the what the fullbacks are meant to do is to tuck in, right? But mm-hmm. what ended up happening is when they tuck in, I believe what's supposed to happen is now the midfield is supposed to probably invert and play out wide. And I don't think some of those rotations are quite there yet, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think that once they start cleaning up the rotation of when you go here, then I go here. And then so it seems like the second, you know, the initial rotations are there. So if 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 Vela's out wide, then Blackman plays underneath. Or if Vela cuts inside, then Blackman plays on the overlap, right? Though the initial one is there, but it's that tertiary movement that I'm not sure is quite there yet. And I think that's just that hopefully will just be a matter of time yeah. to start cleaning those things up because those are the things that beta shore and Jordan Harvey did, did really well last year, right? You'll see, you'll see when they play out wide, they'll play on that underlap and then they kind of just play, they come short, right? They stop but halfway between midfield and the, in the 18 um, and just provide a little bit of a platform um, so that the midfielders can kind of get forward and crash the box to help, you know, mm-hmm. assist the forwards when they're out wider or when they play inside, then they overlap and, and then provide that, that wing coverage. So I think it's just a matter of Palacios and, you know, whether it's Blackman or another right back, really just drilling in the drilling in the positioning things along with the midfielders. Again, this is the second week that the midfielders have all played together mm-hmm. in total. Right? So yeah. Really, I think a big part of it is just that time that they need to be able to to just figure out those rotations, you know, like I said, you see it in in basketball all the time, or in you know in American football, you know, when 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 you have safeties late to rotate, or you have you know that weeks that help side man that's supposed to rotate to pick up the you know the backside cutter in basketball, um, you know, it's that it's again it's so far you have the the first two the first two rotations covered, it's the third one that I think is not happening right now, which then again again allows some of that space to open up and. To me, that will hopefully come with time 
but like you're saying, right, we, we're not, you know, that's probably why we're not coaching the team. Um, and so we can, you know, obviously allow, allow the, the, the coaching staff to be able to figure some of those things out and kind of clean up some of those mistakes as they head into the rest mm-hmm. of the week. I will say I, I did want to point out that both of those goals were scored. Or the first two goals, I should say, were scored um, with the wingers on Vela's goal. I guess he scored both of these goals, actually. On the first goal, it's Rodriguez uh, starts to come inside, and Palacios overlaps on a, on a run into like into the box, and is and Rodriguez plays him, and then it's a cross to Vela. And then Vela's second goal, it's very similar. We have Rossi on the, on the right wing at this point, and Vela's come inside, and it's now Blackman who's making the overlapping run and plays a you know a low cross right across right in front of the keeper for that uh, second goal. So that is a that seems to be a pattern of play, and mm-hmm. I I hope that we continue to see that because I think both Blackman and Palacios are dangerous enough in the attacking third to take on you know an opposing uh, winger or or fullback and and beat them. I mean, yeah, clearly I, they did it. They did it multiple times tonight. So. And I think that's the rotation they're most comfortable with because you saw when when that overlap comes, the winger cuts. You know, the the inside, the you know the 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 right and left wing. So we, whether it was Vela or Rossi or Rodriguez, make that cut inside. The fullback overlaps, and then you just see the midfield sit. Right. Mm-hmm. You would see mm-hmm. Latif, Latif, um, Atuesta, and and Kay basically just form a line of three about five to 10 yards outside the 18 just to make sure that they can, you know, they can win back the ball, you know, off, off a counterattack, Right. And then you had like a staggered two from, um, from Segura and, and Yakovic deeper. And so that, that pattern of play, I think is one that they're very familiar. I mean, they're comfortable with it's that it's when the winger, you know, whether it's Vela did a, who did it a couple times or, or Rodriguez, now drive the ball themselves down the wing, down the outside. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one that they're least comfortable with because I'm not sure the fullbacks know exactly how far they're supposed to push or if the midfielders are supposed to push there, right? So that yeah, yeah. that pattern of play is more of a Manchester City pattern of play with the wingers out wide making that run to the edge of the box and then sending the cross back in for the midfielders to crash, right? That's why you mm-hmm. had De Bruyne, give me the David Silva and De Bruyne get on the end of a, you know, quite a bit of passes or, or, or Aguero in that sense as well uh, versus the one with the overlap is probably something closer to what Liverpool or Barcelona do with, yeah. with Jordi Alba and Ken Alexander-Arnold, right, kind of playing on the outside of the winger. You have more inside forwards versus actual wings and a, and a center forward. Um, so three inside forwards versus two wings and a center forward, right, is, is kind mm-hmm. of the difference between the two styles. And so it seems like they're more comfortable with that overlap in terms of all the rotations are set versus that underlap. Again, I think the midfield... It, it tends to get congested, like I think you mentioned this to me previously, was it gets congested, right? Because sometimes Vela will initially make that move outside, so then Blackman will make the inside run, but then Vela naturally sometimes will want to get back onto that left foot, and then Blackman's kind of in the way, right? Yeah. So it, it's almost akin to, right, you, they, a team send, you know, a team is trying to send a double team, you know, to your best player, um, when and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you who are supposed to be spotting outside to, to space the floor now bring a third defender to that guy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so that, that you know, understanding that spacing and some of those things, I think, is that next that next level, that second pattern of play 
to add into the one that I think that they're pretty comfortable with, which is the overlap and overlap from the fullbacks and having them send that low cross in. Yeah, yeah. I will say it'll be interesting to see them uh, come back in a couple of days and play Miami and see how they they fare against MLS level defenders and, and opposition. Um, it, it is important to remember that not only are they rusty and with a few new pieces and a few new tactical wrinkles, but they're also going up against the Liga MX lead, uh, you know, leaders right now. So it's not like they're going up against a bunch of bums who are incapable of imposing their will on somebody. And I think you saw that plenty of times tonight where they're, you know, uh, Leon hung around for a long time and still looked dangerous throughout the, throughout the match. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the regular season with against MLS competition. Now, yeah, Josh, I, I believe I would, we go ahead. I don't know. I would, say, I would probably expect to see a little bit of rotation, um, heading, you know, mm-hmm. again, we have three days, mm-hmm. three days rest. Fortunately, again, this is a, this is a Thursday, Sunday, you know, matchup, which again, look at Europe. This is a fairly common break. Um, most of the guys would rather just play than train anyways. Um, if you ask any of them, they'd rather just go run around for 90 minutes and sit in training, you know, especially when, you know, Bob's probably putting them to their paces anyways. So, again, I, I think sometimes it's a little bit overblown to, in terms of how much rest they'll probably need heading into this into this match on Sunday. But, you know, like I said, it it is something to think about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ro- Rodriguez came off at about the 70th. No. 80th minute, I believe. It was a late sub, yeah. Yeah. Um, and for Adrian Perez, who looked good again, like just makes things happen. Um, you know, it brings that energy. So, you know, maybe we'll see a little bit more of him coming up here. Um, and then the midfield, I think Atuesta came off pretty early as well. I think around the 65th or 70th minute is when. Um, no, no, take it back. I think Atuesta was I, the second sub. The second one, yeah. So Atuesta, yeah. I think, came off at 80. And I think Rodriguez came off around the 70th minute. And so, um, you know, again, I, part of that is probably a fitness thing um, in terms of what their what their their pitch count is, if you will, uh, heading into heading into the, you know heading. Yeah, I mean, both match, were so. just an Olympic qualifier, so I would imagine that's largely what it is there. So, yes. Josh, I do have a few questions considering you were there, and this is CCL, and you know, uh, we're playing a, a team from uh, from Mexico in Los Angeles. What was the uh, what was the home support like? What was the away support like? I, I, it's, you know, these kind of matches are pretty infamous for being uh, heavily, heavily uh, attended by Liga MX fans. So, what was the Leon support like there? Um, so, I mean, the stadium was packed. I mean, I, I want to say, I think the the final. What? So, I think I saw somewhere. I'd like to see it's drawn 20, 20. It was in a sold. It was sold out for sure. Um, so 24 something thousand or something like that is what I think they, what I heard, what I read somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, there was a, there was a fair amount of green spattered throughout the, throughout the, throughout the stadium. Um, but man, the 3252 were out in force today. Um, they started with the, that Kobe and Gianna Tifo that, you know, yeah. you know just, that just really hit home. And I think ever, you know, from the start of the match, everyone was just ready. Um, you know, like I said, you could feel the energy, you could feel the, you know, that everyone was locked in with that Mamba mentality, um, you know, and again, just from the outset, you could see, you know, I think Kay took a yellow card in like the 14th minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and so it was just one of those things where, again, if they they were not going to be pushed around at home, and that includes from a fan perspective. Um, again, walking into the stadium, you know, you would hear, you know, Leon Bench chanting here and there and so on and so forth. Uh, but by the end of the game, you know, my buddy and I were, were were kind of watching people file out, and there was like this older couple just bickering, and he would he just looked pissed that that, that you know that Leo had lost, and you know she was trying to calm him down, and it's like, oh, you know, the look on on the Leon fans' faces just brings warmth to my heart. Unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know what person what kind of person that makes me, but at the end of the day, like I'm all about it. It's injected into my veins. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, you saw Vela with the with the Kobe armband on. I mean, I thought that was a a fitting tribute. I I was really hoping we were at some point going to see a a Tifo, and yeah. uh, man, oh, they, what, they delivered what a then time some. to do it. And then the, yeah, and then and then the team on top of that just what an incredible moment for uh, Los Angeles and just sports in general, but. Um, to do that, so to you know, have a match like that where you essentially dedicate it to Kobe, and uh, just so close to the Staples Center there too is pretty remarkable. So, yeah, I mean, and I think that next level, that next level, this team needs to, to take right. They've you know they've won games, they can front run, they can do these different things, right? But it's it really is that being those you know i think it's the way that jürgen klopp had described it it was being mental monsters mm-hmm. that that's the final evolution right that that's that's that third level that's the the charizard evolution for those pokemon <laughs> fans out there right of really just becoming that that unstoppable beast that no one can really do anything about and because again when when they they have they they know how to do it right they know what to do they know how to do it but understanding and really embracing why you do it and becoming this next level again I'm a, a, you know monster when it comes to your mentality and your and your psyche on the field you know and again having that you know mom you know again we, we talked about it like that mama mentality is that next thing that yeah. really makes you un you know unbeatable you know at times mm-hmm. right and you see you've seen Liverpool do it at times you've seen Real Madrid do it at times where it it's that you enter every game feeling and, and knowing that that team, you know, only has a slim chance against you, right? Yeah. And and should they be able to develop that? And again, obviously it's MLS and there's a salary cap, but you know, basketball has a salary cap too, you know. And under, and I think part of it is just being, you know, again, you, you have to have that unrelenting, unrelenting for you know feeling behind it. And and I think this team just seems to be locked in from the onset right it, it seemed a little bit shaky at times in the last game and so on and so forth but this one man be, like i said between between the 32 52 and then the way that the team played you know like i said that that is that that hopeful next level that mm-hmm. you know i think they're looking to to really solidify you know heading into this year you know the pieces that they added should add should continue to add to that um but again from the guys that are here the mark anthony k's uh you know, of the world, the Latifs of the world, that's Wester's of the world. I mean, that whole midfield just was was up for it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, that that some guy, you know, a guy from, you know, player from from Leon flops, and you just see K give him that extra little something, says a little something as he walks off. You have, yeah. you know, you have Atuesta that just stands over him and and just kind of like 
gives him this thing guy, you know, like, it's just that, you know, it's, you, you have to be horrific to play against, right? And that, that's how you want to come to that game, especially from the midfield and the style that they play. It's like, mm-hmm. you want to be terrible to play against and you want to be a mentality and you want to have that mentality that can be broken. Right. Yeah. And again, it, and I think that because of the way the playoffs are structured and those different things, that's that next level that I think LAFC needs to arrive to to be able to now just be, like I said, that, that unstoppable force heading into the playoffs. You know, again, mm-hmm. we're, we're one game in, right? Maybe maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I think this is the, these are the types of games that you live for that really now, you know, I think set you up well heading into the rest of the year, right? Versus starting off the year with MLS competi- you know, competition and, you know, that may or may not have money spent and, it's it's bunkering teams, it's those different things as opposed to you're coming up against a Leon team that you know that I think it's this is the first time they've been shut out since October. Keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah, and they haven't lost by multiple goals in a in a long time either. Yeah. So LAFC, for, you know, and again, for as much as we were probably worried about our back line, right? You know, Yakovich was you know again just there to just head away any threats for the most part. You know, sometimes he gets put on the island, but. You know, he's he's willing to be physical. He's willing to be tough. Those different things. And you give him credit for that. You know, Segura did his thing, you know. But again, I think it really helped to have um, Atuesta back and then and as well as Kay and Blessing now really just pinching down on any any of the attacks that they brought in. You know, so again, it's anything that went out to the wings. You just see you just saw them close, close it down immediately from the midfield and then restart the attack immediately. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, again, it, I, I, it's just one of those situations where. To me, it's the perfect it's the perfect game to have heading into an MLS season because, right? It, it it's the it's that it's that wake up call that you probably needed after walking through the league a year ago, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, was there a chance that we're gonna come in lackadaisical, saying, "Oh yeah, well whatever, we can win this game," and then, you know, we just need to get the playoffs and sleepwalk through the regular season? No, this is one of those ones where it wakes you up in a hurry. Your aunt for it. Obviously, we have to be careful heading into the matches. You don't want that letdown, like the post Carson Seattle uh, playoff game, where you you know it seemed like mm-hmm. you exhausted all your energy in the game before, right? Um, so again, there there are there are going to be those those uh, you know those those conversations being had and those worries to be had. But at the same time, I think from a mentality perspective, it's exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, man. I'm excited for I'm I'm even more excited, I should say, for Sunday now, and uh, can't wait to see this team roll up some MLS teams. So, Absolutely. Josh, anything else before we get out of here? No, I mean, like I said, check out over you know head over to the banknote to check out some of the. I think we'll probably have a review up um, of the game um, in the next you know hopefully by the next day or two or so and then a preview of the miami match as well should be up there on the site as well um i think we also have a film review and breakdown of jose cifuentes from Kirk. um and I, yeah i think those are the the three thing probably the three pieces that are on the horizon over at the banknote uh beyond that you know said so we'll be back with another episode after the miami match um i'll be out at the match um doing photography for the for the site um, that day so if you see me at the game say what's up uh, but other than that like i said I think, uh, man like it's it's good to be back and it's good to be around um 
you know, the, the supporters and the team and everything mm-hmm. again. It mm-hmm. just feels good. All right. Well, follow us at, at Underpress. Uh, wow, I am <laughs> a little too amped. At Counterpress underscore. Follow Josh at LAFC Josh. Uh, me at Kurt Kinsey and like Josh said you can find what we write on the banknote and we will talk to you all probably Sunday after the Miami game